Hey, it's Carrie Ann Michelle. When I set out to create season two of Lofty TV back in 2020, I wanted to capture the secrets of some of the most successful female entrepreneurs I knew. Looking back three years later, I see a direct connection between these authentic, vulnerable conversations and the successful outcomes for this amazing, diverse group of women. Tune in to learn how the right self-care plan does, in fact, enable success. Hey, this is Carrie Ann Michelle. Today, my guest is Dr. Huda Abadi, coming to us live from Morocco. We talk about how self-care can lead to productivity, when to say no, and how to give yourself space. Hello, Huda. It is so great to see you. So lovely to see you, Carrie Ann. How are you? I'm good. Um, I know it's exciting for me to be talking with you today because we are in different parts of the world. You are coming to us from Morocco. Yes, yes, absolutely, from sunny Casablanca. Oh, how wonderful. And for you, it's afternoon, and for me, it's morning, and I always think that's really, I don't know, I still think it's fun when we're on a camera and doing that. Absolutely. It's so lovely to be here. Yes, thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to just share a quick little introduction um, about how we know each other and a little bit about you and your professional background before we just jump into talking about all things self-care today. Um, so Dr. Huda Abadi uh, is the founder and executive director of Transformative Peace. And you just started this organization um, in the last year or so, as I understand. Um, and it's a mission-based consultancy and you focus on conflict resolution, preventing violent extremism, extremism, and building inclusive peace processes. And to me, that's key there, the peace, built, making sure that peace is uh, available to all, really is how I guess I would summarize that. <laughs> um, and yeah, go ahead. No, I said yes, absolutely. Hence the word transformative. Yes. And um, we have known each other for a very long time. Uh, we went to Luther College together and then reconnected last year when you were working at the Carter Center as the Associate Director uh, for the Conflict uh, Resolution Program and uh, worked together in Tunisia um, with one of the cohorts that you were leading. And so we got to reconnect on helping people um, tell a story and, and reach the media in some constructive ways as they were working to um, continue to work on the initiative of peacemaking. Absolutely. Yes. And they, I still, they still tell me how you're, um, you know, you're the, how you engaged with them was very helpful to them in terms of story telling. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, it was a very special time for me and um I, I think that's one of the things that's really exciting too about you is that you've had this um, amazing um, career in this uh, in this part of not only part of the world but in the work that you've done where um, it's certainly been different than my career path <laughs> being in sort of the media side of things um, but I think you know from your work at the Carter Center and a lot of the other organizations that you worked at over time. Um, that led you to starting transformative peace. Um, I just really think it's incredible and that the work you're doing is just so necessary. Um, and 
I would love to know before we jump into the discussion about self care, maybe, you know, kind of what was it that got you to start your business to kind of say, Hey, I'm going to leave sort of leading other businesses behind and start transformative peace. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but when we were in Tunis, we were talking about it. I had, I was already like having some question marks, whether I wanted to go that route, but I was hesitating, hesitating. And I was a little bit scared to make that huge jump. But honestly, for me, one of my passions, I mean, it's, it's more than just traditional work. It's, it's kind of my calling and I'm really passionate about helping communities and not only in a particular geographical area. So having my own business enables me to give me the freedom to work in various different projects and sometimes without the limitations that can come up when you're working under a particular institution. So I can kind of select what types of projects I feel I can make a real difference and what other areas do I want to also learn something that is a little bit different. Because uh, in, in my field also, it's like sometimes when you work on a particular topical area or a regional area, you get stuck in that regional area and that's all you do for the next few years. And I started getting that kind of um, energy of wanting to do something different, taking it lessons learned from the past years of experience that I've had, but really trying to uh, see how that might help or support other types of communities and being able to have that freedom as well and being able to have my own schedule. And um, it, it's really exciting and to work on many different things at the same time. So it was a major push. Yeah, I, I do remember that conversation. And I can relate so much to what you're saying, because I think although it can be um, challenging to be an entrepreneur, there's a lot of reward in being able to um, have some different types of balance. And um, in terms of choosing, like you said, the work that you want to really focus on, um, and, and also then even with your own time and, you know, taking care of your family. Um, I know right now we're in sort of a special time because <laughs> we're all where we are in the world and we're not really traveling, but there's also the benefit of being able to maybe do the work in different places of the world with the types of people that you want to as well. Absolutely. And I think that is absolutely critical uh, when you're putting so much heart into your work to be able to select what types of projects and what kind of people you want to work with. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be curious um, for you, like what's one example of a type of kind of person that you enjoy most working with or, you know, that maybe the role they play in an organization um, or the communities, maybe just, just so that anyone listening or watching might have a better sense of that. In terms of my work, specifically working with those particular communities or like colleagues, like peer? Uh, I think it could be either, just basically to help people understand a little bit more about what you actually do. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, you know, one of the things that is very important for me, like I mentioned, is the type of people, especially right now under COVID, it's absolutely even more important. And some of the things is it, it's actually even helped me with my own self-care. It's like investing time with people uh, that you align with and are positive and you have the, type, the same type of vision. You might not agree on how to get there. That's what makes it interesting because 
you know, different groups can, you know, like together we can come up with something that is unique or outside of the box, but we have the same vision. So for instance, right now, um, I am working with a, uh, it's still in the process, so I'm not going to name it, but I'm working with a, a former colleague slash mentor, um, and one of the major reasons why I wanted to take on this project is because uh, we have kind of the same vision. It's really exciting to have meetings, you know, it's fun. And you're able to have fun while you are working and trying to make a difference. And I think that's absolutely key because even in the nonprofit sector, when I first started, when I first graduated um, from Luther, I went for my master's and then I was very lucky to get a senior position in a nonprofit, but I didn't have much experience. And I was director of education in a small nonprofit in New York City. And I thought everyone that is in the nonprofit sector is out there because of their heart and because they want to change the world to make it a better place. And, you know, after a couple of years, I realized it's much more complicated than that, um, which made me want to go back to academia because I thought, okay, I'm done with the nonprofit sector. And then I went to academia and then I, I missed feeling like I'm making change in the communities and I went back. But why is it important is uh, when you have more experience in terms of your work, but also in terms of your years, um, you're able to distinguish the types of projects you want to take in, like they're real. It's not going only after money or it's not just about uh, you know, having a paycheck, but it's actually, you think that this project has a local impact in my case, in my uh, field. And at the same time, the team that you're working with, because I'm very team-based. You saw me into and it's for me, working in a team makes me happy. I love to mentor. I love to work together. I think, uh, you know, having a, a, a great team is what makes a great end product at the end of the day. It's not a one person thing. So I hope I answered your question. You did. That was wonderful. And I think it's also great just to hear a little bit more of your story and sort of how that context um, comes to be for you. And I, I know you mentioned kind of self-care in there, and I'm excited to dig into that part of our conversation. You know, and I think um, you're right that I know for me that I get a sense of caring for myself when I am feeling passionate about who I'm working with when we are can be aligned on a vision and like you said that's sort of where the interesting part comes up is we might have two different opinions on the way to get there but that's part of the thing that makes it interesting um, but i think there is something about really caring for yourself professionally when you are allowing yourself to go after uh, the part the career field the area the industry that you are truly passionate about and you know i'd be curious for you in the last month, and I know a lot's happened, but just, you know, in the last month, what's one thing that you are feeling very proud of as you think about self-care in your life? Yeah, it's actually the first time that I've done it that way. So I'm really, really proud of it. But it's, 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 it's eating healthy and drinking water. I never used to drink water. I would drink maybe uh, one very small cup once a day, and that's it. Sometimes I can go one day, I, I forget to drink. It's horrible. Oh so yeah, I have tea and I have coffee. I'm a coffee addict. But um, so now I'm very proud to say I drink almost like a liter and a half of water every single day. So I'm super proud. And it's the first time for me that eating healthy isn't for dieting, but it's for feeling good within myself 
and feeling that my body is 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 healthy. So uh, it's been a month that I've been seeing a nutritionist in Casablanca, which kind of changed the way I see food and my relationship with food. But it's also the energy. I feel I have more energy in the morning. Um, uh, I am much more aware of what my body needs and also trying to get rid of my bad habits. I write a lot. I do a lot of research. So I love snacking. And now I'm like trying to find that balance. And I really feel good about it. I feel like it's kind of a, like a new me, um, which is it makes me feel healthy inside. And I have uh, two daughters. And so for me, I'm also role modeling that behavior to them and they see it and they're excited too. And so, so it's good. It's fun. That's fantastic. Congratulations. That's, that's amazing. And I'm glad to hear that you have, you know, a support figure to help you with that. So you mentioned seeing a nutritionist and I think anytime that, you know, you kind of make a change for yourself, especially when it comes to food, it's always nice to have, you know, a resource that can be supportive in that way. Um, Absolutely. Because I think you know, I have meetings with him every single week. So I, I have to, you know, like, I know, like, he's going to ask or, you know, you know I, I know there is at the end of the week, I need to make sure, you know, there's kind of a support system, but there's, it's good pressure. I like the good pressure. Um, but someone who is keeping up and tracking also like how I'm doing. So it's been, it's been really good. That's fantastic. And also the water. Um, that's huge. Yeah. I remember when I was sometime back when we were in Luther in college, I came across a book called the, it's like your body's many cries for water. And it really changed my perspective on how important it is to hydrate the body. And, you know, for me before that time, I think when I was younger, I always sort of thought, well, if I'm sweating and I'm, you know, working out or doing something really active, then I'm thirsty. And so I'm going to drink water. Also, um, being a singer, it was always something that was encouraged in the music yeah. department. But um, there was something about really starting to understand more about the body and its needs and all of the different ways that it tells us um, that water is needed in the body. Um, and I think that that is one really simple thing can be a challenge if you've never done that before, but can really be transformative for the body. Absolutely. I, I, I see it. I feel it. Um, and it's, uh, you know, the thing of role modeling. That's one thing. My mom hates water. <laughs> so I grew up with one parent who barely drinks any water. Like, so um, it's interesting how there are some habits that you take as a child and you never question until you're an adult. So for me, it's, it's good also for the girls to see, for my girls to see, but also for my own self. Um, yeah. I think that's amazing for them too, that you, like you said, kind of the role modeling for them and have, have, have their, um, ha, have they been influenced by that? Are they drinking more water? And <laughs> they actually, to be honest with you, they, they, they drink water. They're not like me. So, um, they're the ones who always tell me, mommy, it's, it's time for you to, you know, to have a glass or of water, but they're more on the, on the healthier side than I am when I was their age. So, so that's good. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so on this continued topic of self-care that I love so much, how have you used it to support, um, your career, your business? And, you know, I don't know if that's something that you think about kind of over time or maybe something more recently, but I'd love to know more about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it has always been a struggle to find kind of a work-life balance for me. Um, and I've become much more conscientious of how I can make sure that I incorporate self-care. And because if I am healthy and taking care of my own self and body and soul, I can be more productive and I can be happier. And, you know, when you're happier, you're able to have more results, right? Um, so for my work, especially as an entrepreneur uh, and just started, it's very hard sometimes to say no and having those firm boundaries of like what you can take and what you cannot take. But right now, that's one thing I'm doing and I'm doing it with the I'm becoming much more aware um, of trying to instill this within my own uh, organization of the project. Sometimes I get like uh, uh, project proposals and they're around all the same time, which is doable, but it would be just heck, absolutely hectic. Um, so that's one, being able to say no, when to know like I can make more of a difference in a particular project, when I should say, I'm sorry, um, this is wonderful. I hope we'll have a, you know, an opportunity next time. That's one. Um, and something that I spoke to you also about is investing in people, um, that are aligned and where I think my business also can grow and I can also learn from them and to be able to create, uh, those types of partnership. Cause I think that is absolutely important. Um, in, especially in my type of work where a lot of times it's about conflict, it's on, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't have the luxury of turning off the news, <laughs> you know, and just saying, I'm just, you know, this is getting too much. The world is going, is upside down. It's crazy. I'm just going to turn it off for a week. I think that's a privilege uh, for me. So I have to, but what I'm learning is how to consume it and when to consume it. Um, and creating that kind of a balance between things I need to do this, I need, uh, but how and how can I organize myself better and have, uh, you know, goals for myself and for the organization so it can grow and for me to, to can, that I can grow as a professional as well. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad to hear all those different examples. I mean, the first one that really stands out for me is the idea of saying no. And I think as an entrepreneur, that can be a scary thing, especially when you're in your first kind of one to three years. And, yes. you know, someone watching or listening could be like a version of myself in the past where I would hear these types of things and I'd say, well, that's nice for you, lady, but I can't say yeah. no. But the reality is um, what I've learned in that myself is that there's a power in that. And when you can do that, not only uh, for yourself, you're also usually doing it for the other person. It may not always feel that way. Um, so we're talking about it more from a self-care perspective today, but a lot of times it, that, that other person then will go find the resource that they need. And in, in the big picture, a lot of times that is a better fit for them. But I think as it relates to us, yeah, that ability to say no, um, I think really preserves a part of the self, you know, and knowing then for me, it's about then doing my best work for what's in front of me um, and, and letting that go. And that is a form of self-care. And it, I mean, absolutely, as a professional, it is. Um, absolutely. And it's absolutely. not always easy. <laughs> it's not always easy. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, I mean, this week I've had that example and I was just going to say, 
There are times, though, when that person, when you say no to, are appreciative because it shows that there's this type of ethics and integrity that, you know, you want to... One thing I always struggle with when I was like much younger, I always thought, yes, that's the great thing I would say in an interview. I'm like on the perfectionist side. I always say, yeah, what is, you know, your greatest... Uh, but I have that. I am very detail-oriented, but also perfectionist. And um, sometimes it comes to the detriment of self-care because you can't let go and say, okay, this is a done product. I'm ready to move on. And so when you are able to make that decision and say to the other uh, person at times um, that I would love to work with you, but right now this is not very good timing because I have X, Y, and Z, they kind of appreciate that transparency and that you really want to give your your best. Um, and from my experience, sometimes they come around after, you know, like few months and you're able to build or collaborate together in another new project. You never know. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. The, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, about what you answered in that answer was around consuming media. And um, I think that's a very interesting perspective you have because I, I understand that from the days that I was working in the marketing and PR world, you really couldn't um, unplug. It was a part of your role and part of your job. And now I'm in a little bit of a different perspective where I am, I do, as you say, have more of a privilege to be able to say, hey, this is too much right now. I'm going to turn it off, you know, for a few days. But um, what are some ways that you work through that? Are you sort of compartmentalizing as you're consuming media and you're thinking about I'm taking this in and I'm only going to take it in as, you know, my role working with clients, not so much personally, or, or how, how do you do that? How do you consume it in a way that's still healthy for you? So for me, the political is personal. So unfortunately, I wish I could box it out and just say, okay, this is relating to this project. It's not. I wish it was, but it's not. Um, and I get impacted and I get emotional sometimes about what I see uh, and feeling like I need to do more. I want to do more. Or the world is going crazy. What could I what could I add uh, to uh, to support or bring some form of peace or make you know positive social change? However, what I realize is I can't save the world, but I can do few couple things that will help uh, build uh, build particular communities uh, and if every one of us is able to do you know uh, their own you know like kind of supporting or helping uh, it will be a better place but going back in terms of media one thing that I'm becoming more conscious of is my media is on my phone so all the news comes every time there is a craziness that happens it beeps and I I can't help it I have to check my email right away and I have to respond to my email right away as well. Now, like at a particular time at night, I stop. I don't. I compl I turn off my phone, completely turn it off. The ringer is off. I don't want to listen to anything until the morning. So I try to keep that sacred time uh, that I have in the evening with my girls uh, and to really be there and be present. So I'm super busy in the morning and during the day. And they understand, especially with COVID, it's hard as a single mom. But they understand that when I am done, I will park my phone, my computer, my everything to the side and be there and be present with them. So that's one thing I try to do um, uh, to kind of in terms of the how, how of yeah. the consuming of the media. 
That's a really great example. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that, you know, um, it's helped me as well. Uh, being able to put my phone on airplane mode. Um, I try my best to do it about an hour before bed. I'm not always perfect, but um, I also too try to put it aside at the end of the work day. But I'm, I'm glad to hear that you found something that works for you. And again, um, you know, is caring for yourself, is caring for being the part of you that's also a mother and wants to be present. And exactly. I, and I think that's fantastic. And you know, the other thing I would be curious about is, as we're talking about kind of all the current events of the world and COVID and, and sort of everything that is happening, sometimes it just feels like we're living in an awful lot of uncertainty right now. And I'd be curious, you know, is there a barrier that you come up against when you're taking care of yourself right now? Yeah, it's uh, mostly, I would say, trying to manage with the timing and also with the barriers external. Like I'm an outdoors person. My daughters are outdoorsy as well. Um, we are living in an age of, like you said, uncertainty and also transitions in many different levels. So we just moved to Morocco about a year and a half. So you have to add the transitional type of experiences. Um, so being stuck at home made it super, super difficult. So we're trying to find creative ways of how we can uh, make sure that my girls are happy and they're still able to get some physical activity. They're not bored at the same time working as a full-time mom. Um, so trying to find that balance is really important. And also for me to let go, like I can't control everything. Um, being more kind and compassionate to my own self. So I'm very kind and compassionate to others. It comes easily and naturally to me. Uh, it's my line of work as well. And, you know, it's like my passion. I like to help others. But a lot of times I realize I'm much more, uh, I can be much like my, uh, much more harsh when I'm looking at myself, like much more difficult, you know. Um, so I'm, so now I'm, I'm, I always question and I say, you know, what are things that can, uh, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and that is excellent. I can't, I don't have control over everything, um, but I'm doing my best. I try to keep having like more honest conversations, even with my daughters, to be able to speak and listen to them and listen to how they are feeling. Um, uh, so, so these are some of the things I think it's the, it's especially with the COVID era, because in Morocco, there was martial law. Literally, you couldn't even go out for a walk. Uh, for three months, we were stuck. I mean, you couldn't leave if you didn't have a permit from the government that said you were going for a grocery. You couldn't even, I live 10 minutes away from the beach. You couldn't go to the beach just for a walk. So it was very, very difficult on us. So we really had to be creative. My daughters both realize that they are artists. They love painting. <laughs> so this is our new hobby. Um, we try to cook together. We try to do various things together. Now, thank goodness, it's, we are able to, to go out for walks and it's much more, it's not as strict. Um, but to be grateful also of what we have and trying to really practice that with them as well to uh, not go down a spiral of, you know, sadness or feeling like you can't control the situation. 
Yeah, bringing that perspective in, I think, can be a very powerful tool because I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, you know, being in a city like Chicago, we certainly went through a period of, you know, different kind of phased uh, reopenings for COVID. And we know at any time we could kind of go backwards in those phases. But three months is a very long time. And I think, you know, maybe the longest period here. It's funny how fast you can sort of get lost and, oh, that was a few months ago, but, you know, it was a handful of weeks. It wasn't anything like, you know, a three month period. And, and, and there was still flexibility to go. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you could go if you didn't have the permit. Uh, it was really bad. Let me just say the fines were bad and you could fa face jail time. So it's serious. <laughs> you know, you don't want to mess with it. Um, but we, you know. Like uh, like I say, thank goodness we're past that stage now, and uh, and uh, we're looking towards the future. Hopefully, it's contained. It's it's better contained. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing I was going to say that I, I heard when you were telling that story was. You know, the idea of being able to ask questions, too, is another way, you know, I, I keep talking about this word of kind of perspective when you come up with a barrier of any kind or, you know, you're talking about a literal, a literal barrier of not being able to go outside and then that, how that affects you psychologically and physically. But, um, you know, asking yourself um, questions and, and then asking for you, asking your girls some questions about, you know, um, and, and I think. I think that's a way that we can care not only for ourselves, but for the people in our lives, you know, our friends, our family that we love and I maybe can't see right now or if we are living with them at home. And um, it's a way to have care kind of in our own communities is, you know, to be um, a listener and to not be afraid to ask questions and, and talk about emotions and, and things that maybe we, we don't traditionally talk about. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And I would say also to uh, be conscious of your emotions and to give them space, meaning like if you're, it's okay to be sad, you don't need to rush through it or to cover up that there is sadness or when you're happy. And I think that's very important because sometimes um, we try to just not deal with it and just say everything is okay. But I've learned that you need to deal with that process. And even though it might seem difficult at first to deal with your emotions, in the long run, it helps because you've worked through them and you're able to move on rather than it staying like a knot. I really love that. And I think I'm going to end our conversation today with that idea of giving yourself space, because I think that's just a really wonderful thing um, for anybody to allow themselves uh time for and and um I, th I think that's really beautiful so uh, yeah thank you for absolutely thank you so much it was so lovely i know it was so good to see you too you know when we are friends and we live far away sometimes that's one of the i guess that's one of the positive sides right now that maybe we're spending more time connecting in this way absolutely i agree i completely agree well, I hope that you have a great rest of your day and thanks again for joining me. Thank you again for inviting me. So happy to be with you. Thanks. Hey, it's Carrie Ann Michelle. I believe that taking self-care to the next level just takes the right mindset. If you want a daily routine, check out my Patreon membership where I share sound baths that help alleviate anxiety meditations to get centered, and tips and tools to stay grounded and balanced.